Welcome everyone to another episode of Europe's B2B Tech Sales Podcast. My name is Patrick and today's episode is special because my guest is somebody you all know very well. Welcome Manuel to our today's episode. Nice to have you here. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, Patrick. Um, re really fun to be on the other side as a normally co-host to be a guest on this podcast. So we decided to make an episode with every one of us once and uh, but we start the same way as we uh, always start nowadays Manuel so quickly what are your tactical tips your two tactical tips that you want to help our sales people with two tactical tips I, I pass on to every b2b tech sales leader or sales rep are one uh, include a video in every follow-up to sales call so if you use loom video art soapbox or another solution um, record a short walkthrough of um, a customer's or prospect situation, like where are they, where do we want to go, what are the key challenges, um, how have other customers of you solved these challenges, and how can you help the customer be successful here, and what's the call to action for the next step. Include that in the follow-up email because it makes it so much easier to get a seat at the table once people forward that internally. It's also something most people have never received in life, so it differentiates you as a seller, and um, it just like increases conversion rate drastically. Increases trust, even if you cannot be physically there. Um, the second one is date in, date out. Always, when you are on a sales call, schedule next synchronous activity. Don't be satisfied with um, the let's evaluate internally and get back to you if it's in important. And then you have like three follow up calls, emails, um, and uh, you get ghosted a lot of times because people are busy. Yes, I like those two, Manuel. So the first one video follow ups. I think you are probably the person who does that best in uh, all of Switzerland and uh, you do it every single time, right? These, these follow-up emails. So you get used to it and uh, uh, yeah, you have been doing it very, very heavily. Yeah, absolutely. I think I did 2000 plus Loom videos so far. And another hint is actually like LinkedIn video, like you can just like on your mobile app, go message, go like this uh, little attachment and then like send a video. And record it. You can switch camera and so on. Doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be like um, high performance, high quality. I mean, I, I basically broke it ahead of sales, like from a dentist chair within like 60 seconds, because it solves the problem. It's authentic. It's fast. Uh, doesn't cost you anything. And there's actually yeah. zero excuses besides comfort to not do it. Yeah. Any um, tip in regards to what tool to use? You mentioned video and Loom. Now, how do I choose? Um, Choose the one you're actually going to use. It's like for any sales tech, uh, for any technology, like such as CRM, um, we use Loom uh, because it's easy. You can insert call to action. It's very quick to do screen recording, including like uh, motion capturing. And it's very easy to insert into emails as well and to share. And you can also download it, for example, our whole like app knowledge section of Sales Playbook app. I just recorded in Loom, zero production costs, can do multiple takes, very easy. Uh, there's other interesting solutions such as Tolstoy's or previous guests for Dorf. I can make um, path-dependent videos. There's also other solutions like Paru who allow you to create video sales letters at scale. So you record the video sales letter once and then you can upload, for example, CSV and it still personalizes it to like, for example, hi, Patrick Trimpey. Um, this video I made specifically for Unique. 
how do you how much time do you usually take uh, manuel to do the whole follow-up thing to produce that video and the email and so on how much time do you invest the typical video for me is two to five minutes i think it overall takes me like five to ten minutes to record at the beginning this might take you like 10 to 30 minutes because you need to take do multiple takes and so on which i still do sometimes it is still very well worth it because you invest so much in the customer acquisition costs, like so many emails that you send to get a prospect on a call, you have a 45 minute discovery call, you anyways do the follow-up, you a second call. So if you use half an hour instead of like five to 10 minutes, but the deal closes, like the closing probability goes up by 30%, that's typically like a four or five digit amount. And if you can increase like the closing probability of a 10K deal by 10%, that's 1000 bucks. So if your half hourly rate is more than a thousand bucks, be my guest, mine is not yet. Uh, so it's probably a good investment. I agree. And another use case we have with the videos is to use it in prospecting, to reach out the first time to your customers with a video. I guess you use Loom for that as well. What's your experience there? Um, the interesting thing we found is a bit counterintuitive that the very initial outreach via video does not work as well. So you want to have like a very low touch, like low action threshold message on your first LinkedIn outreach, like just um, like, hey, I find it really interesting what you're building with X, Y, Z in space, ABC, and loved your post on this subject. Would love to learn more about how you see B2B sales and talent acquisition in our space, for example. So you only want to get like an initial feedback and. I think that's a mistake many uh, salespeople make. They want to like achieve like three conversions at a time. It's like, hey, here's me, and then here's you, and then like give me a reply and book a call, and here's a demo, and here's the pricing sheet, and here's how we can roll this out, and here's totally what we can do if it doesn't work for you, and then we can also do a testimonial. This is like you would go to like a person you want to basically like connect deeper in a club and say like. Hey, I'm Manuel, by the way, I'm from Sales Playbook and I know this coffee and like, here's the app and here's 20 pages about me. Like nobody does that in the same mind going into a bar or so. So you would go with something like very natural, which I learned from you again, right? Like relearning off the door to door says like, good cold email subject, quick questions. Like this is how you would typically do it. Like, can you show me where the train station is? Like, yes, it's over there. Cool. So I'm boarding a train like anywhere where I could go to eat something. So it's a dialogue. And you comparing to, you compare it to dating, uh, Manuel. Basically, how I, closer? I my wife's gonna be angry about this probably, but uh, I mean it was like, <laughs> where where are you going? Was I think like my pickup line, plane drunk in a club twelve years ago, and it was actually like Occult, like uh, for tertiary education institution had this Wohindes Vegas, and they probably paid an agency fifty k to come up with that claim, right? I, I don't compare it to dating particularly, but just to human conversation. And human humans are, first of all, like maybe afraid, like, are you dangerous? Are you interesting? Like, do I need to hit you? Do I need to run away? Uh, are you not interesting enough? So I ignore you. And until you cross that barrier, nothing will ever happen. Yeah. There's actually a book out there, but I have not read it um that sales and dating that brings sales and dating very closely together but i forgot uh, i forgot the title right now so it's <laughs> quite useless to name it but anyway so um so what you say about prospecting also with video it's actually when i heard this correctly manuel video 
doesn't work that well with your absolute first outreach because people want to also pack into a video way too much information and at the beginning it's better to just give very bits of information get to know them comment on on some stuff on linkedin and so on right right for example if somebody wants a person accepts your connection request then it can work really well or if somebody sends me a linkedin most people send me like unsolicited like zero comment linkedin requests and if it's an interesting prospect like founder and CEO of like a startup or the sales leader of a scale-up, like a chief revenue officer, I just send them like a 30-second like LinkedIn video while I'm walking or so, like, hey, thanks for reaching out. Really cool what you're building with this company. Would love to learn more about how I can be of help in, in B2B sales, like looking forward. That's that's pretty much it, like while going to like a bus station or so. And this gives you, in my experience, like a 60 to 80 percent reply rate, which is relatively high. Yeah. How much do we think is that because people see that you are the founder of a company and they, they, uh, you know, they make, if I were a normal, a normal, a normal, we are all normal salespeople, we are all salespeople, but if I were an SDR, for instance, and have written SDR, um, do you think that makes a, makes a difference? It, it for sure makes a difference, right? I mean, it's like the, the founder bonus is a real thing, right? Or like the CEO bonus, like if Elon Musk sends you anything, you're probably going to reply to anything. Even if he sends you like X, Y, Z, you're going to, oh, thanks for sending me X, Y, Z, Elon. And if like somebody, this is why I'm not too fond of giving salespeople two junior names, because if I get an email or so from a junior inside sales rep, I will not even trust the person that the person can sell me something and that we can close the deal, even if I want to, right? Because the person will need to go back to give me like a quarterly instead of an annual deal or to onboard me like today or next year or so. So I'm like, especially in startup, give people like names that help them have more conversations, have more trust. I, I find it very stupid to argue about titles in startup. Like, so some, you don't need to be like global head of sales and revenue in like a two person startup. Like it's not particularly helpful. But mm -hmm. I mean, just call yourself like business development manager or whatever. Yeah. Now going back, um, thinking about your second tip with the next step, always book the next meeting whenever you are in a meeting. And I guess it makes sense for both parties to actually book a next meeting. How do you do that with your example um, that you mentioned, the person being like, uh, yeah, Manuel, thanks a lot for the information. Um, I would like to talk to my colleagues internally and I'll get back to you. Yeah, and this is a very like regular answer, right? This is like 80% of cases. Send me something to the, to this day, like after overall mid 12 years in sales, I don't know what some things are. Like, <laughs> yeah. like we need yeah. to think about it. And I would ask a very simple question like, oh, like I love that you will think about it. Like, what are you thinking about? can I help you think because I did this for like 170 customers already like yeah but like how do you evaluate it's like look typically what people do is they go back to the team take a look at a customer reference story get like a trial like in our case it's like joining a group coaching call um getting a one-day trial to the app like go through the structure see behind the scenes and then like how long do you need for this I was like Oh, I don't know, like, well, typically people take two weeks. Is that sufficient for you? It's like, yeah, for sure. Like, we can give you feedback next week. Oh, cool. But let's just schedule a 50 minute checkup just in case there's any question and we don't need to email ping pong when's a good slot to talk. Mm. And yeah. then if people don't want to do this, 
all, always take the, the blame and responsibility on you as a salesperson. Say like, hey, it's just really like cra going crazy on our side. I'm just afraid it might drop off my table and I love what you're doing and I'd love to at least, if I don't win, I want to learn from you, even if we end, don't end up collaborating. So I'd love to get your feedback, just even if a 50-minute call. And this can go a bit back and forth. People say, uh, yeah, but no, no, I, I will probably sign up and so on. And it's like, yeah, like if you, if you sign up totally, let's cancel the call or let's let's use it as a kickoff call then. Yeah. Yes, one additional thing I would mention here now, you were assuming basically, uh, you said that um, when they want to go back, then you're like, okay, what do you have to think of? You know, I, I was assuming, uh, because one thing that I would think of now, what I have to ask, if I haven't asked yet, I'd probably need to know, okay, sorry, what does your decision process look like? Like thinking medic yeah. in, in this, but you need to know how does the process look like? We assume now that um, this has already taken place. So you know that they right. have to talk to, you know, there's like three people or two people and um, they they want to talk to one of them. Right. Probably your answer is going to change a little bit, right? You won't say, "Hey, <laughs> what do you want to think about?" I mean, they told you that, um, that they, they will think about X, Y, Z, right? So, I yes, mean, exactly. in in this moment, your role changes from a salesperson like that needs to convince that person on a call of value to a coach for that person. Like, I mean, in a physical meeting, you would literally switch side of the tables, like, "Oh." Hey, it seems you're excited, it seems I'm excited, like how can I help you best specifically to make this as easy and pain-free and low effort for you as possible? It's like, can you walk me through the 27 hoops you need to jump through until this purchase order for the 500k deal? And then if the other person is either really like pumped about it and wants to do it because it gets the person promoted or like can go home at 3 p.m. or like does their job for them, and then it's great because then a the person will be very willing to have you help that person or the person's not yet excited enough and then you need to go back to discovering qualification to create more value in people's mind. Yeah. One thing that I want to add with with that, I think it's always very important to manage to speak in a way that it's interesting for the other person, that it's in the other person's interest to actually book another meeting instead of not booking it right away. And Absolutely. there's good reasons for that, right? I mean, I usually say, hey, Manuel, I mean, you know, if we don't book it now, I will have to catch you with emails and you will probably get a lot of emails from me and you might get annoyed by that. So it would be awesome if we could set a date already so we both don't have anything to think of and then we found each other next meeting and it's also i also use that what you said i also say uh, hey as a startup i'm interested in your feedback anyway because it, we need it to become to develop and i i know to, to know what what actually is not working yeah exactly and i think something underestimated is like wording and language in this case so something i've learned like is avoid but and use and so if somebody's like okay like i will get back to you within the next two weeks like yes we can totally do this and another option would be that we just schedule a 15 minute to catch up. So we don't need to think about it anymore and we don't need to email back and forth. Because always when you have a bot, like, you know, these people who apologize, like, oh, Patrick, I apologize for being one minute late to this podcast, but uh, my cat was eating my homework. And like in the moment you have to say, I apologize, but the apology is like non-existent. It's useless. 
And yes. in, the, in the moment you tell people like, yes, we can do this, but you actually say like, okay, we cannot do it. In the moment it's like, when somebody says like, uh, I'm not sure I will collaborate, I will tackle this topic this year. Uh, is it okay for you if you do this next year? It's like, yes, it is totally okay. I'm ready when you are. And just two thoughts to consider, um, given your team size is five people paying yourself 5K each month, that's a that's a run rate uh, of 25K each each month. That's like 6K a week. That's like 1K a day. Do you believe you could, by working with us, be one day faster per month on your learning journey, avoiding trial and error? And if the answer to that is yes, you should probably invest 800 bucks a month into your search. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? And then people was like, yeah, but still no. It's like, okay, cool. Just wanted to give you like more space for you to take an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good, good, good point. And it brings me to a question like, how do we do, how do you do the closing usually after the discovery or how, how is this, the, the discovery uh, call structured in your case? In our case, it's literally intro, discovery, qualification, status quo fees is what do people believe in? And then people, some people want to see more, right? I mean, they're more like, show me the app, show me, like case studies, show me X, Y, Z. They have already very specific questions. Or some other people's like, hey, okay, like you understand my situation, now send me some some stuff. I, just, I still don't know what stuff is. So we ask like what kind of stuff they need. And then, and then like walk them through, right? Okay, so like for your specific case, I will send you X on Legion. I will send you like a best practice guide on CRM. And I will also send you two specific case studies of customers who achieved this journey which you which you're embracing on and then when's a good time to um talk again and take a decision and in mm -hmm. between have people like invite them to the app like sign up on the discovery call for, so they get value um send like a, a best practice guy get value um, get them into a, co a group coaching session get value and then schedule the call mm -hmm. through, through what channel you yourself generate the most leads these days yeah um not not so hidden secret that is still like a bit a manual process pun intended um so there are still like quite a few leads coming in from webinars i do like with plug and play with 45 people this week or linkedin content works well for us around a third of customers we we gain via referrals from customer which is good means customers are not that unhappy um outbound legion for startups doesn't work so well uh, so, I mean, we still get 20, 30% reply rate, but that's like half of what our customers get using the same methods. One thing that, because how you said it could be, uh, could be wrongly understood. You said outbound lead chain for startups doesn't work that well. For, for us, doesn't... startups. <laughs> yeah. So to reach out to startups and get them as a customer, right? Yeah. Like just, just email campaigns, right? I mean, every startup feels there's a bit of a special snowflake. So like FinTech startup one doesn't compare themselves too much to FinTech startup two, while mm -hmm. UBS realized they're very similar to Credit Suisse, to HSBC, to Banco Santander. Ah, like, I'm, CIO, I'm CIO at, 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 Zurich Continental Bank, and if you work with the CIO of like the Turgau Continental Bank, that's probably pretty similar, to be honest. But if yes. you compare, if you compare like Stableton to, um, I don't know, like another fintech company, they think like, oh, but we I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good mo a good point. So the so whether they see themselves as similar, a similar working similar, that's an important factor for you. So outreach doesn't work well. You said cold email campaigns doesn't work that well. Um, it just needs to be hyper personalized, right? Mm -hmm. Like if 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 I reach out to somebody and it's like, hey, uh, I saw you on a Swisspreneur podcast. This was a really interesting insight, and I love how you're tackling this topic, which nobody done before. Then it works pretty well. Yeah. How are you uh, finding these webinars that you do? Are you doing organizing them yourself or are you uh, participating in other webinars or organized with, with co-partners? I'm terrible at participating in webinars. I, I have a short attention span, right? Before actually starting this podcast review, I listen to zero podcasts. <laughs> so it's actually like with a lot of partners or we get a lot of inbound as well from incubators, accelerators that just say like, hey, look, um, our startups need help in B2B uh, sales, like they've never done it before and we don't have anybody to teach it. Would it be possible to run a one hour session or um, a three, 4K working session like paid? Um, and I think that that's win, win, win. It's win for the startups, it's win for the support organization as they can offer value. And it's good for us regarding brand awareness and uh, lead gen. Mm. And you're very you're posting very regularly on LinkedIn as well, right? How long have you been doing one post a day? I think I only started like this spring or so. I mean, like po post views overall went from like 120k all of 2020 towards 900k like this year, so like plus 700 percent or so by consistency. And I think consistency is so essential and people always are like, yeah, but Justin Welsh made a post and it was amazing and he's great. It's like, no, he's just been doing that for like three years straight every single fucking day. And you can use tools such as Hootsuite to schedule if you like, but the consistency is important. How do you find the content? Um, just write an ebook of 50 pages and you have enough content for the year. <laughs> you just need to write it first. Jokes aside. I think I have a natural content mindset, so for me it's not a, a problem to come up with like five posts a week, five thoughts, doesn't need to be rocket science. I'd rather have too much content. For people not having that content mindset or that writing mindset yet, I think you, the realization that it doesn't need to be rocket science, doesn't need to be like magic every time is important. Sometimes you can just like post, lost a deal. Um, because I showed up five minutes late, uh, my train was delayed, we'll make sure to take an early train next time. Lesson learned of the day to get 1% better. Always be on time to increase conversion rate. This could be a perfect post, like three lines. That's fine. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, I mean, you are around startups and sales uh, every day. You do sales yourself. You <laughs> help startups to become better at sell selling themselves and you encounter problems and, and challenges every single day, which is probably also helping to get that content together. I mean, and the book for sure, you can probably get the content out of your book now and post every single day and reuse that yeah. <laughs> every other year. Yeah, for sure. But I think like the main thing, like the, the challenges like I see with startups is it's really like a lot boils down to consistency. It's, it's like hitting the gym. Everybody can once in a while go to the gym or do a 5K run or go play squash or whatever. But I mean, Michael Phelps, everybody's like, oh, the guy was built differently. No, he spent like two decades, seven days a week in the water, five hours, no off days, no, no, no shit. 
and like uh, it's it's like 90, 99% dedication, 1% talent. The talent helps, but talent comes from practice. Yeah. Good. Manuel, time is up. This was a pleasure. It was a pleasure are, inter interviewing you. Are we doing rapid fire questions? We're not doing rapid fire questions because the value of the rapid fire questions is not that great, is it, for the listeners? But the fun is. So, should we do one? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so what do you prefer, Manuel? Um, hiring a junior sales rep for 50K or hiring a senior sales rep for 150K? Hiring a super hungry, humble, hustling 50K junior sales rep. So you want to have the, the coin and the, the bread, or how is it called? Um, in... <laughs> no, no, it just, just needs to be super hungry and humble, right? Um, like I'd rather have somebody that I can build to like a a million dollar person within like two years that's committed to invest uh, versus somebody that's already doing 500k but say like i'm fine i'm good i know everything mm. okay i i probably know the answer your answer to the next question which is uh, do you rather want to earn another dollar from existing or new customers and i guess because you are working now on keeping the customers you probably it, Go for it, the existing it, ones. Am I guessing right? No. <laughs> it, it, it's a really, it's a really interesting one. I mean, what we help customers do is mainly like outbounces, like winning new customers, right? Go from zero to ten, from ten to hundred customers, like how to capture new markets, new segments. But on the other hand, like retention is so important, right? Um, to work with customers over a longer period of time. In our like industry segment, the sales book sales acceleration like average customer lifetime is like four to six months. We are currently at seven, like historically. Uh, we're closing the first uh, 12 months agreements um, or did so already like in, in Q4. And I think this is really where we want to go also, just like regarding the philosophy, like playing long-term games with long-term people, getting people from zero to a million to 10 million to, to exit and be a coach for the whole journey. Yeah, that's a good plan. I like it. Uh, last question: What is your favorite, the absolute? Fa we know it's not podcasts, but your favorite source to to get better at what you do. Um, I actually listen to quite a few podcasts, like Nathan Lotka's Top Entrepreneurs podcast. I can recommend. It's like fifty minutes. Uh, it's the only one I listen on one x speed because the guys just talk so fast and it's really dense. Uh, it's really good. Um, Swisspreneur podcast I love. Uh, just like startup and like market traction, a lot about sales. Uh, I listen to the episodes you record on the B2B Startup Sales Podcast quite frequently. Otherwise, I, I just love reading books. I think I read 41 books this year so far, like probably two-thirds somewhere sales-related and startup-related. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to get a book list or so, like hit me up. Your absolute favorite one? Um, speed of trust on mentality, like credibility is integrity, like do what you say, say what you do, um, intent, um, really like feeling that you want to help the other person on yourself and then the difference between capabilities and results. There's people who are really smart, but they don't get shit done. And there's people who are not really smart and they get shit done. And then there's people who can build shit and sell shit and typically become successful entrepreneurs. And the second one um, of 2021 is Flip the Script by Oren Clough of Pitch Anything. Um, learned a ton of things regarding messaging and, and, and pitching in a sense of like also things like innovation chunking of 
if you sell an innovative offering, which many of our B2B startup customers do, innovation is helping you to get people to the table and get accepted into programs and awards. It's not helping you to close deals. So make innovation not the main thing. Make it really plain vanilla, what, what Oren calls it, like say like, hey, it's exactly like your Tesla Model 3 is exactly the same as your VW Golf. It's just like 30% lower total cost of ownership and 50% faster from zero to 60 miles an hour. Otherwise, it's exactly the same. So change and risk are minimal for people. Perfect. Great close. Thanks, Manuel, for um, being on the other side uh, today. And see you around. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank <laughs> you.